Charlotte, North Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. And as we're still in our current sermon series, we've been dealing with the anatomy of bondage, helping us understand what bondage actually looks like, right? And we've been talking about, you know, when, when typically when people hear bondage, those of us who are believers, typically when we hear bondage, we oftentimes the mind tends to go to demonic possession, which is a real thing, by the way. Um, nowadays, most churches don't talk about being demonically possessed, but it's a real thing. Uh, some people t- try to make us believe that it died out when Christ was, no, 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 demon- demons are still very much present. Amen. For example, if you got some behaviors that you just can't get under control, ah, that might be the evidence of, of the demonic force working on the inside. I might not get no help ahead today, but it's all right. It's all right. I'd have had like a good little vacation. I'm, 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 I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. Amen. So we understand bondage. It is a real thing. We talked about how demonic forces try to oppress us. We see how demonic forces try to suppress us. And then the third level is possession. Amen. And we showed you in scripture how the only thing that a demonic force does not have that you, an individual, have is an actual physical body. We showed you they have the ability to think. They have the capacity to speak. Right? For example, very familiar passage of Scripture when Jesus goes up across the coast and he goes up to the gatherings and he meets the man in the tombs who's possessed with legion. Right? And the Scripture talks about how the demonic forces spoke out of the man. And they said, Jesus, why have you come to torment us before our time? So they were very much aware of time and they understood exactly who Jesus Christ was. Right? So we see they have the capacity or the ability to actually speak and think. And then they said, okay, well, bid us go into the swine. So it, it denotes they have a will, they have emotion, because even when they, they begin to cry out, right? So it shows that crying out is the emotion, the aspect of the emotions of a demonic force. So we understand the only thing that a demonic force do not have that you and I have is a physical body. They have intellect like you and I have. They have emotion like you and I have. And they have a will like you and I have. And they have the ability to speak like you and I speak. They just need a physical body. Hence the possession of individuals. Amen. But we're going to take a different page. It's still going to be talking about bondage. But as we're looking at bondage, the anatomy of bondage, meaning we talk about anatomy, we're breaking down, looking at the specific parts of bondage the anatomy of bondage, and we're actually showing you what bondage actually looks like from different angles. Amen. And so today, I'm going to just twist it up a little bit. I thought this word was for Jersey, but uh, the Lord, he, he kind of let me sit on that. So um, I got kind of confirmation when I began to listen to Apostle speak about one of the five o'clock calls. I heard him speaking about church migration and things of that nature right there. Yeah. Nowadays, there is no loyalty to the truth. Yeah, you can go in churches and let folk massage you, but anytime somebody tells you the truth, there was an issue. Oh, we're going to get that much up right there. Uh, but I stand before God, I'm going to tell you the truth, because guess what? He's the only one that I fear. And I understand, Jesus told us when truth comes, it brings offense to certain people some days. And what I understand about Christ, and, and when you deal with the truth, truth offends your mindset, your, your, your thought process to reveal your heart. Oh, people don't like that. Because we understand, as we've been talking about the anatomy of bondage, we've been understanding the different things that lie in the heart. 
like thefts and murders and fornications and adulteries and evil thoughts and evil eyes. These things the Bible talks about are what defile a man. It's not what you put in your mouth, but it's what's already in you that comes out. This is what defiles a man. So we understand truth reveals, it offends your minds or your thought process, but it reveals where your heart is. And the Bible lets us know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So there are times when folks say, no, I didn't mean to say that. No, yeah, you meant it. You meant it. Absolutely, you meant that. You didn't mean it in that moment because now you see the repercussions of what just happened when you said what you said. But you meant it. This is exactly what you felt. You've just been holding on to it. And one of the other things that I found, now typically we don't get truth until an individual actually gets mad. Right? So think about it. When truth tends to come, it offends your thought process but reveals your heart. All along we've been telling you, why are you mad? You're mad. No, I'm not mad. See, that was me. I hated when folks used to think I was mad. Now, granted, I can see why they would think I would be mad. When I, when I go back and look at myself before I got delivered, <laughs> it was crazy, man. It was crazy. So facial expressions looking crazy and all kind of stuff. And so people would be like, he's unapproachable. I'm like, why do they say this? So when I go back and look at my history, I can see why folk would say this. All right? All these different things, right? But, but understanding, when that truth came, that truth will offend my thought process, and it will reveal my heart where I was at times. So there were times where people would say, why are you mad? And I'd be like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. But then I felt like, okay, since, since you keep saying I'm mad, then I'm going to give you what you want. I'm, I'm, okay, you, you act like you want me to be mad, so I might as well just go ahead and be mad because you're calling for it. So just, okay, keep on. Keep on, and then you're just waiting to explode, right? So you know somebody, and you can relate. Amen, amen. So we're taking a different approach today. We're talking about being bound or being tied to a leader. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're talking about right, having the right connections in your life, right relationships in your life. Right. And remember, we had the current sermon series where we were talking about relationships. And we talked about at the end of relationship, that word ship, we understand ships are vessels that are meant for transport, carrying things or carrying people to different locations. So if the relationships that are in your life right now, if they're not transporting you, taking you to a better place, then you might need to question that relationship. So we're talking about having the right connections, the right relationships, right? And we're talking about being groomed as a leader. And when I say leader, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to grab a microphone and preach. You understand? Uh, the fact that some of us are parents, you are a leader. The fact that some of us are older siblings, you are a leader. You know? In the church, you may be a leader. On, on your job, you may be a leader. So we're talking about being groomed as a leader. And if indeed you are a leader, understand this leader. Leaders need leaders. In order for me to be a good leader, I must first be a good follower. If I can't follow well, it's going to be a good indicating factor that I can't lead well. Hmm. 
And we see this how people are hungry for leadership position, leadership roles, right? Definitely in the church, people are hungry for the microphone. I've never been hungry for the microphone. That's why anybody could come, you know, and I'd be like, hey, I'd be quick to give it up. You want to preach? <laughs> you understand? Never been hungry for the microphone. But, but I get it. There were some people who are hungry for the microphone. In essence, they're hungry for attention. Now, don't misinterpret me. I'm not saying I don't like attention. I love attention. Oh, yes. Mom, I'm not fooling with you. I'm trying to stay focused. Like, you know. But I know I'm not by myself. Just like I, I know you like attention, too. Right? And then there were some people who were quick to say, well, I only like certain kind of attention. Hi, Makari. No, I only like certain kind of attention. Huh? I was talking to somebody, one of, the, one of the, the young adult persons, and they were trying to explain to me how they only like certain kinds of attention. Right? Well, no, I don't, I don't, I don't like being all out in the, no, I don't like being up there dancing, and no, I don't like being up there singing for God and all these different things. But you like being in control. The fact that you can't have control when you are asking questions, see, the mindset is, well, I'm only asking questions because I need to know what's going on. There are going to be moments in life where a leader is not going to always give you an explanation. For example, Jesus with the ten lepers. They were still leprous, but he said, go show yourself to the priests. You could only show yourself to the priests when you were actually overcoming leprosy. But while they had full-blown leprosy, go show yourself to the priests. So he gave them an instruction that did not make any sense at all. But because of their belief in Christ and their willingness to come subject to the instruction, they came subject and began to walk toward the priests. But see, there were some people, no, I need to know all the details. No, you're not going to know all the details. You saying you need to know all the details is not even for the reason that you can carry out the test well. You just want to be in control. It is not because you're trying to understand what was just spoken to you. You're not trying to get an understanding about the task at hand. You just want to be in control, right? And when you start dealing with people like this, right, I didn't realize it at first, but the more and more I was dealing with this young person, I began to see a spirit of seduction in operation. Now, not because she walking around trying to get people to look at her tail or she walking around and sticking her chest out, none of that stuff. You understand? Seduction in a sense, well, for example, I talk about me, right, when I dealt with seduction. Think about things like this here. I was not allowed speaking individual. I played word games with folk. Folk would leave conversations and feel like we just went around the lap 50 times. That's what I want you to do. I want you to leave and just be thinking about everything that I said, trying to figure out everything that I said. You'll never figure it out, though. Right? Just how you just, I don't have a clue what he's talking about. Good. <laughs> that means you're going to have to come back to me. Right? 
The other thing, when I'm talking about the seduction, because I was not a loud speaking person, I was speaking such a tone where you had to come close to hear me. In other words, I was making you have to come close without actually physically pulling you close. So talking to this young person, she was just like, nah, I don't, I, don't, I don't struggle with seduction. I was like, oh, no, boo, yes, you do. I said, because notice how I've been talking to you. And I'd be like, huh, what did you say? And I said, now nah, I keep coming forward because I'm like, what? What, are you, what did you say? And the Lord was like, uh, you better recognize this. And I was like, oh. Then she caught on to it. She was like, wow, I never knew that. Right? I never knew that I was actually doing that. I never knew that I struggled with seduction. And so then she can, she can open up and receive, open up and acknowledge. So even when we deal with truth, one of the issues that we have is that people fail to acknowledge truth. Drop this little nugget. Uh, for example, most of us can't get into the secret place where God is because we have secret sins. Secrets that we're unwilling to deal with or confess. Right? Don't know why we had to drop that, but that, mm, God knows. So we're talking about being bound to a leader or being tied to a leader. And where we are in this passage of Scripture, it talks about Elisha actually being called by the prophet Elijah. And we understand the prophet Elijah is very rough, you know. Uh, uh, lived a very solitary life, you know, dressed, the Bible talks about he had long matted up hair and, you know, rough clothing on, whereas on the other hand, Elisha was a bald head man. Uh, he dressed fairly well and he was a man of the people. He was around people. So two different prophets, but yet Elijah saw what was in Elisha. So, when we come to 1 Kings 19 and 19, right, we understand after, when you go into the previous chapter, chapter number 18, the prophet Elisha just had this duel on top of the mountain where he's called, it's, it's their God against his God. You know, y'all know the story, right? Well, he has them dig the ditch around all the wood and stuff, and he say, fill it up. Take about, about seven jars of water and just, just pour it all on the wood, pour it around the wood and all this different stuff. And these prophets of Baal, they calling on their God, and, you know, he laughing at it. Hey, well, is your God asleep? Is your God on vacation? Like, is your God tending to some other business? Like, he's making fun of their God because they started in the early part of the day and here it is now evening time and their God still has not answered them. So now they're getting desperate that now they're actually cutting themselves. They figure, well, hey, well, if we shed blood, then our God is going to respond to blood. So they did all of this, dancing and jumping around, flipping around and wailing on the ground like fish and all this stuff and their God never answered. And he was like, okay, my turn. And he called on Jehovah, and Jehovah rained down from heaven with fire on all of this wet soil wood. And it consumed everything, the rocks, all the water up, and everything. And after this great monumental victory, he receives a threat from Jezebel. 
Well, I'm going to kill you, you prophet. Now look at this. And then after this, when you think about it, over 850 prophets that he began to slew, he, he killed. And then a woman who sit up in the palace somewhere said, I'm, gets word to him, I'm going to kill you, prophet. And it throws him into a slight depression. So think about that. You're coming off of that now into this particular scene right here. And it says, so he departed this and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he with the 12, and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. One thing that we automatically see about Elisha, he was a hardworking man. Willing to toil, willing to labor, willing to do hard, laborious work. Working with beasts. And while working with the beast, he yet has control over the beast, getting the beast to do what it is that he needs and desires for the beast to actually do. So we see he has work ethic. No? When you're talking about a leader a grooming you, so the leader is paying attention to these qualities, these traits about Elisha. So it says, and Elisha passed by him and cast his mantle upon him, his prophet's cloak, his cloak that would be filled with the glory of God, it was signified that he was a prophet amongst everyone else, right? Give me verse number 20. He says what? And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, and this is the thing, Elijah just threw his mantle on him and just kept walking. Because the prophet already knew, he's going to come. He'll return my cloak. There was no need for me to go back and get my cloak. He's going to bring it to me. So being a prophet, he has the ability to foresee things, right? So he knew he was going to come. He just cast it upon him and just... Uh, then just kept on, you know, <laughs> I feel like Dolomite or something. Just <laughs> That is a movie that I actually want to watch on Netflix. I'm trying to watch it, but God didn't let me watch it yet. Kept getting interrupted. All right? So, so understand, he cast that, that mantle upon him, right? And then it says, and he left the oxen and ran out the license and said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother. The kiss of goodbye. Which most of us are unwilling to do. Kiss people and things goodbye. For the sake of my purpose, for the sake of my destiny, I'm willing to kiss it goodbye. Tell it bye-bye. But what I found out, there were some of us, we are still bound to other people. And we are still bound or tied to locations that will hinder us from actually walking out and fulfilling our purpose and destiny. But thank God for Elisha. He understood something is at work. Something is happening right now. So he said, I pray thee, kiss my, let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will go follow thee. And he said unto him, go back. What have I done to you? Go kiss your mama then. What have I done to you? The thing is, we'll see in Scripture, there was something about this prophet's cloak, this prophet's mantle. There was anointing house inside of this mantle. You got to think, this, this man was an intercessor. Talking about Elijah, he was an intercessor. He was a man that performed miracles. He did great things before God. He was a man that rebuked kings, rebuked the nation, but also was calling for a nation to be restored and be reawakened back to the things of God. All right? So this man had great authority when he spoke. Notice what I say. He was a great intercessor great intercessor. So he spent time praying with this cloak on. So this prophet's cloak is drenched in the anointing. So I imagine when he threw this cloak upon Elisha, Elisha felt something. 
it felt something. We know it's true when the Bible talks about how the handkerchiefs were laid upon the body of Paul. Cloth was laid upon his body, but then those cloths were then taken off of his body and then given to certain folks, and they were actually healed. So we can see anointing can be transferred from the life of an individual into actual things. So we see there was an anointing upon this prophet's mantle or cloak, right? So he said, what have I done to you? Go ahead and kiss your mom and dad of them. But he already knew what was taking place. So get this. Go to 21. He says, and he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen, took the yoke, which symbolizes bondage. At one point in his life, he was bound to this physical laborious work, bound to this location, bound to his mom and daddy, them, bound to, to, to the location where he was, bound to all of these different things. But the Bible says he returned back from him. He took a yoke of oxen and slew them and bore their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people. In other words, I'm having a, 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 a going away party. What he worked with that kept him bound to the location, bound to his mother and father, he went and killed everything, then burned it all up. He destroyed what was holding him tied to the place. And say, now I'm, I'm getting ready to throw myself a party. I'm going to feed all y'all. I don't have to eat, but I'm going to prepare this food for all of y'all, and I'm about to here deuces. Right? The Bible says, then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Meaning he served Elijah. Which you can't find people who are willing to minister today. Because everybody has an ego. But Jesus told us, let the greatest among you, come on, y'all know Bible, let the greatest among you serve, Right? But we find everybody want to be great, but nobody wants to serve. Everybody wants a title, but don't want a towel. Right? I've been told you I was going to speak about that, titles and towels. Now put your title down and grab a towel. See, we ain't going to get that much up here today, you know. No, put your title down and grab a towel. Let me see if you're willing to serve. All right? So now, we see he ministered unto here. Go over to 2 Kings chapter number 3, verse. 11. This is after Elijah has now been called to the prophetic. This is Elisha, who's now been called to the prophetic. He's received the mantle of Elijah. And I'm just showing you something in scripture. It says, but Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the kings of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elijah, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah, indicating how he served the man of God. So understand, we're getting to this familiar passage of Scripture. And what you'll notice is Elijah imparted before he departed. He imparted before he departed. And what you find, you don't typically find in, in church culture, you'll find folk are afraid to impart into people for fear of what I pour into you, you're going to end up being greater than me. But I'm so glad we had a leader that said, listen, I want my ceiling to be your basement. I want you to be greater than me. Lord, have mercy. 
you know, this thing is getting like, mm, what is really going on? Jesus the Christ. Okay, so go to my <laughs> go to my next scripture. I can only take it for so much. I'm telling you, I'm just gonna bust out and stop praying on y'all in a minute because <laughs> something is not right. I'm telling you. Telling you something, something that's not right in the atmosphere. Jesus Christ. And it's not because y'all are not giving clapping, none of that stuff. Y'all know whether you clap or not, that don't even move me. Something is not right. Hmm. The Bible says, and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgad. And when you think about the actual names, the name Elisha is interpreted in the Hebrew, God is Jehovah or God himself. So when Elijah is on the scene, it is a demonstration that God is Jehovah. He's the self-existing God. I exist without the hands of man. No one has fashioned, created, or made me like y'all make these other gods. I am the self-existing God. I'm God all by myself. And when we see Elijah's actually being used, we see the demonstration and the authority of God that's on display through this great prophet of God. And now when we talk about Elisha, who names me God is my Savior, it also denotes grace, too. God is my Savior. And see, even when you think about just the call of God that is upon his life, see, most of us don't even understand because of that call or because of that purpose that is locked up on the inside of you, God sent somebody to recognize or see the purpose of greatness locked up. We're not talking about no potential, but the purpose that's on the inside of you. And because God let someone become aware of what was on the inside of you and they called you out of a previous location, it saved your life. Oh, no, so you're not going to go ahead and be real because most of you, if you stayed where you grew up at, guess what? You might have been just like your friends, locked up in prison. You might have been just like your friend walking around with one big tooth in the front of your mouth. With, I'm talking about having summer teeth, some are brown, some are green, and some are missing. But I so thank God that God saw enough in me. He saw a purpose on the inside of me to deliver me out of a place. Oh, y'all not going to talk, but I'm going to talk to you. He saw something on the inside of me that he didn't leave me down in Florida. You know, we with the get along game, everybody doing the same old thing. And if you don't live where you used to, you know, where you actually grew up, I mean, you go back to your hometown, you see some of you, they doing the same thing. It's the same folk on the same corner talking about the same stuff that happened in 1990. Their conversation hasn't changed. Only thing that has changed is the way they look. Some folk done got a little bit bigger because gravity putting on them. Folks still wearing hats cocked to the side and all these different things. Talking the same game. Still about the same stuff. How many chicks they can run and all these different things. How much money they got. Still ain't got no money. But you better thank God. God saw something in you that God didn't leave you to that place. He said, no, I'm going to pull you up out of here. Oh, God is my Savior. Because had you stayed in that place, y'all ain't going to talk to me. Had you stayed in that place, baby, you'll be turned down. You'll be somebody boyfriend. Oh, oh, you'll be somebody girlfriend and you're a female. You're had you stayed in that place, you probably would have been a lost your mind. But thank God, God saw something in you. He said, no, I got purpose on the inside of you. And I'm calling for my purpose in the earth realm to be fulfilled. No, I got to deliver you from that place. 
That's how you know some of us are desperate for God. When you willing to walk away from everything that you're familiar with. Come on, folk. Y'all, some of y'all Jersey folk know what I'm talking about. He called me all the way from the bottom, Florida, baby, to bring me all the way to the Queen City. Yes, he did. And I'm so glad that God didn't leave me back there because I know I would have been pimping somebody. Oh, y'all ain't going to tell the truth. Oh, I had it on my mind to be a pimp. Y'all, I'm a, I had it on my mind. I had to plan in place, baby. I was going to be pimping for And guess what? I was not going to discriminate against nobody. Baby, if I could get the old lady, listen, there's an old man that wants you, baby. I'll pimp you too. I'm going to discriminate. I'm going to discriminate against age, race, none of that. The only thing I did not have was a name. I'm still working on a name. But the plan was in place. Oh, yeah, the plan was in place, but God. See, for some of us, that thing means something to us when we say, but God. Because you know what kind of plan you had, but God. And then when, if you really get real, you understand the plans that the devil had for you, but God. And you understand the plans that some of the people that you hungry have for you, but God. Oh, and you understand the plans that the world had for you, but God. Really, it means something to me when I say, but God. Because had the enemy had his way with me, oh, I would have been messed up. I probably would have been turned out. I probably locked up. You see how good looking I am. I probably would have been somebody, man, listen. Listen. You'll have to kill me before you get me. About to be your girlfriend up in this prison. You have to kill me. Or either I'm going to walk around every single day and don't wipe my tail. You're going to think, oh, I'm going to tell you the truth. That's the truth. I think about stuff like that because I know what I deal with. That anger that I had, I was supposed to be locked up. I understand who I come from. My daddy Jamaican. Naturally prideful, deal with a bunch of anger. Oh, yes, and on my mom's side, oh, yeah, they done, my uncles done went all up and down the East Coast stabbing, shooting for, I know what running my blood. That's why I ain't never have no gun or no knife. Because I'm not going to just have it, I'm, I'm going to use it. So understand, I know, I know where I come from. So that anger that I dealt with, oh, yeah, locked up. I ain't but so big. <laughs> You know, you know, cats gonna be looking like, oh, that's my fresh cutie right there. Oh, I'll be, I'll be thinking about all kind of crazy. So I'm just gonna swing on a guard so he can put me in solitary. <laughs> you about, about to get me around all these big no. I think about my life. I be real with myself, right? So it says, and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah to heaven by a world, and that Elisha went, went with Elisha from Gilgal. So we understand the meanings of the names. Now, this is the thing. Elijah understood that God will be taking him up out of the earth realm. And because Elisha is also called to be a prophet himself, and we understand that Elijah actually found the schools of prophets where he was teaching, training, and imparting to other prophets, up-and-coming prophets. So much so that they were also aware that God was going to be taking Elisha out of the earth realm. We'll see as we move through the scripture. So it says, and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elisha went with Elisha from Gilgal. Gilgal, and the Hebrew is talking about wheel, rolling, 
or roll the way will symbolize moving. And see, when you understand God has pulled you out of a location, pulled you from around certain people because he's trying to get something moving in your life. And see, you got to understand the purpose of this man is beginning to move in his life. When he got with the right connection, oh, y'all not going to help me right there. When he got with, within the right relationship, things begin to move. He can move from one place to the next place. Oh, y'all not going to talk to me. Things can be rolled away out of his life. Y'all see all that stuff that you used to do, what folk used to know you as? Come on. I bless God that he can roll that disgraceful life away. Uh, see, I'm so happy that God is, he wants something to move on the inside of me. He wants this purpose and destiny actually to be fulfilled in my life that he actually brings me to a point where he say, now I can move in your life. I couldn't move. See, understand, we know it's true. The Bible talks about even when Christ went to his hometown, he was limited in the miracles that he could do because of the lack of faith. And it's when you're actually around the people that you're so familiar with, you don't act as safe as you do up here. Oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. Because you don't want them to think that you're strange. You don't want them to think that you have changed. But the truth of the matter is you have changed. Why are you trying to act like God has not done a work in you? You're trying to hold them tongues and you're around there talking to Mama, I shut up. You're trying to stop your tongues from coming out your mouth and all these different things. You see stuff happening, but something on the inside of you is turning. So you know you got to pray because the Spirit of God is leading you to pray about things that you see, but you try not to pray because you don't want your brother them, you don't want your sister them, your uncle, your auntie them to thank you strange. Because guess what? You little Ray Ray. So you're still trying to hold on to a past image or past ego or past reputation. Now tell somebody, I've been changed. Do you really mean that? No, I, I've been changed. See, I'm not trying to hide this thing. Either they're going to follow suit or baby, they're going to have to get away from me. That's all I know. I can never change my, my relationship with my brothers. But I can change my interaction. The Lord told me that. How to falling out. He said, listen, you can never change your relationship. They're going to always be your brothers. But you can change your interaction. You ain't got to deal with them every day. He said, but pray for them. Praying. Brother that fell out, now he want to call. Now he want to come by. Oh, see, I understand. I've been changed. Because, see, if I act like you acting... I'm going to forget we brothers. I'm going to forget we got the same blood running through my veins. And all I'm going to see is somebody trying to do me harm. And I got to defend myself. Oh, see, I ain't like you. Brother, that don't mean nothing to me. When you trying to take my life, I, I will put you six feet under. Okay, the preachers are supposed to say that. Yes, I do. It's the truth. And some of y'all playing games with the anger you deal with. Yeah, that's why you got all kind of little gadgets in your car, all different little sprays in your purse, all little different things. You just, just for my safety. I don't know. <laughs> if somebody violates your safety, watch how aggressive you get. Ow! 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 You do everything to be safe. That's all I'm saying. I'm trying to stay safe, regardless of who it is. 
So we talk about Gilgal, right? Give me the next verse. He says what? And Elisha said unto Elisha, tarry here. Wait right here. I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, as the Lord living as thy soul, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. Where is your loyalty? See, Elijah is testing him. Your loyalty. Because the Bible tells us in the book of Thessalonians, prove all things. Prove that you're loyal. Prove that you're worthy of this call. Even though you may not even know exactly what's getting ready to take place, but prove that you're worthy to follow me. To be close to me. Oh, don't be the sea. Everybody has an agenda. Everybody has an agenda. Don't be the sea. So the prophet said, okay, no. He gave him a clear instruction. Oh, but I like the young prophet. I can't stay here. I'm willing to disobey in order to be closer. I'm willing to disobey to prove my loyalty. They don't make them like that no more. You give focus. Why I got to stay right here? Why you don't want me to come with you right now? Am I not good enough? I didn't ask you that. I said, I just gave you an instruction. Just do what I say. Do. Don't ask no questions. But now, folks, they got to figure out why I got to stay right here. It ain't time for no explanation. It's time for you to just come subject. Oh, we hate that. If we're not the ones giving the instruction, oh, we hate it. We hate it because we still want to be in control. We still want to be in charge. And we don't want nobody telling us what to do. Oh, don't let your pastor have to tell you something to do. Don't let it be your husband got to tell you something to do. Oh, we know you don't like it because we can see it in your facial expression. We can see you clenching your jaw muscles. We can see you clenching your knuckles. We can see you smirking and trying to keep a straight face. Oh, you hate the fact that they had to say something to you. Well, now you know how your children feel. But let me ask you a question. Do you care? You don't care about that. Notice, that's why you say, when they, when they, they, when they say something, why I got to do that? Because I said so. That's what lets you know you don't care. You don't care. Only thing you care about is the instruction that you gave them and actually fulfilling the instruction. Mama, why I got to do Because I said so. Don't ask me no question. Go do what I said. You know, you only care about the instruction being fulfilled. And in that moment, it was not time for you to give no explanation. Same thing holds true outside of the home. Even in church. As we see, it gave him no explanation. Stay here. But I'm so glad that the young prophet has something called discernment. Hmm. Oh, he's testing my loyalty. Will I f- obey the instruction or will I sense there is something greater by staying in stride with him? See, some of us, because we understand to go higher requires more responsibility. Oh, yeah, to go higher in God requires more responsibility. So some of us, we want to just plateau because, you know what, I don't want no more responsibility. I don't want to be responsible for that. Mm-mm. 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 I'm going to just usher. Just tell these people where to go sit. 
I can do that. Cause ain't no, ain't no pressure on me. Ain't nobody saying, listen, why you sat them right there? Ain't nobody checking me about where I sit, folk. They gave me, hey, I can sit them wherever I want. It's at my discretion. You got it in your head. Well, listen, I'm not going to sit them on the front row because that's where, that's where certain people be sitting there. So anywhere behind the front row, I'm just going <laughs> to. We need to buy y'all some white Ursha gloves just so you can just dance with. Just, oh, my God. Right? But if we actually said something to you as an usher, I guarantee you, you will be offended. If we said something about the dance, then if I, listen, your twirl was off. Well, you don't know how long it took us to make up this dance, how we didn't get much sleep, and you don't know what it required to do. You'll hear all of that. Nobody asking you for all of that. Simply put, your twirl was off. That's all we saying. But notice how folks get offended and they'll be like, Like, I ain't, I'm not a fool. I try to sing. They be trying to go past and like, nope. I know me. I hold notes. I don't hit them. I hold notes. And depending on who I'm standing by, I'll be a soprano one minute. I'll be an alto and I'll be a t- depending on who I'm standing by. And I don't know how to find my own note. I find a note, the closest note to me. So some days I'll be up there. They be looking like, bruh. Come on down. Hey, listen, well, put me next to a tenor. I sung what I heard, you know. So understand, he understood that he was being tested. Huh? He willfully disobeyed. He said, as the Lord living and as thy soul, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. They went down to the house of God. Bethel is interpreted in Hebrew as the house of God. I'm going to the place where I can depend solely upon God. Yeah, I got to trust God for everything. And see, being taught by Elisha, he understood, listen, there may be times where, listen, you might not even have no physical, literal food, and then you're going to have to trust God that God will send a bird to come feed you. You're going to have to trust God that God will send an angel to come feed you. So understand, going down to Bethel is teaching him, you got to trust nobody but God. Don't put trust in your own abilities, because I guess what, as a prophet, guess what, I know you see some things, and I know you pick up some things, and I know you discern some things, and I know you know something, but don't you dare depend on you. Everything that you see, every word that you hear, every word that comes to you, you better know it was nobody but God that sent it to you. You can do nothing separate and apart from God. So going down to Bethel was teaching him, listen, you got to trust God for everything in your life. Even when the enemy is coming after your actual life, you got to trust that God will protect you. You got to trust that God will hide you. You got to trust that God will shield you. Go to the next verse. He said what? He said, and the sons of the prophet that were at Bethel. See, we see. These are some of the prophets, the sons of the prophets. That were, they are at Bethel, at the house of God, right? They came forth to Elisha and said unto him, knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, yeah, I know. Oh, shut up. Shut up. See, what people don't understand about prophets, that can be an aggressive nature in prophets. And it's not because they don't like you. 
See, too many folk think it's about them. It got nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. If you and I were the last two people on earth, I wouldn't hang with you. I would be my own best friend because I understand me. You out of here. But folks still think it's about them. It's not about you. But it's about what's trying to control you. It is about what's trying to stop the purpose and destiny, the call of God that is on your life. I am after something that is trying to keep you bound. But you keep making it personal. But the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You still think it's about you taking everything personal. No, baby, we after that little person that you allow it to rule your life. There ain't the Holy Ghost. That's another force talking on the inside. It's another force at work. And you don't want to give up that little pocket monster. You don't want to give up that little Pokemon. No, but he said you have got to be free. Oh, and see, every now and then God will send a prophet in your life to break the bands of wickedness off of you. Come on, did Jesus say who was the prophet, priest, and king? I have been anointed to loose the bands of wickedness, to set the captive free. Every now and then God will send a prophet into your life to break curses off of you, generational curses, bloodline curses off of your life, to get you free from demonic oppression, demonic suppression, and demonic possession. Don't nobody want to talk about that, that you could be a Christian and still have a demon. Back it up by scripture. Everybody would say Peter, who the church was founded upon. The rock, Petra, is what his name means in the Greek, right? Rock, founded upon. But called himself rebuking Jesus after Jesus told the disciples. So it's safe to say he's a believer in the Messiah. Because when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ. Jesus' response was, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. So it's safe to say that he's a believer in who Jesus is. But when Jesus told him how he was getting ready to die upon the cross, Peter rebuked him, and Jesus turned and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Why have you allowed Satan to enter into your heart? He's a believer. He would be considered a Christian, but he had momentary possession by Satan himself. Huh. The prophets came, the sons of the prophet. So you know your leader about to be taken from you. Shut up. I need you to remind me of that. And folks think it's all about being nice. If I'm not nice to you, then... That's not the presence of God. He ain't coming to be your friend. He's coming to be your leader. I guarantee if I ask you, do you think your mom and daddy was nice to you all, all the time? I guarantee you some of you still struggling whether or not you like them anyhow. I can't stand my mom. So you need to be delivered still. Your mama and your daddy were your leaders. See, that's what's wrong with society right now. We got too many parents trying to be friends. I'm not here to be my child friend. I told my child, I'll punch you in your throat. You keep on playing with me. Because you won't let that devil use you? Oh, 
We're going to lay hands, but they might not be holy hands. Now repent after I knock you out. Oh, Father, I knock my baby out. Jesus, I repent. <laughs> I'm joking, y'all. I'm not going to hit my child. I'm just joking. But I'm trying to give you a real-life example. They're your leaders, but you had a problem with how they said things to you. We know because every time they turn their back to you, you start mumbling. You were shooting us bird. You better not ever shoot me a bird. Because if God tell me you shoot me a bird, we're going to have problems. I was pointing to my child. Right? Oh, I did it. Soon as my mama turned it back. Mm. Can't stand. Mm. Can't stand. What you said? Nothing, mama. I didn't say nothing. You did say something. You know you be mumbling. That's all of us. I can't, I can't get on my nerve, man. I can't stand. Hey, man. I always got to say something, man. Right, Jeremy? Oh, my nerves. Talk too much, man. And don't let your friends be over. And they correcting you. you like, oh, in front of my friend. Oh, my God, boy. Oh, my. And then when they leave, you be like, man, I can't stand my mama, man. Right in front of your friends. And your friend looking at you like, you are such an idiot. Your friend like, I wish I had your mama. Because that crap that I'm going through, baby, this is paradise right here. But you so disgusted because your mama trying to keep you safe. You so disgusted because your mama actually care about you. When your friend looking like, I wish my mama asked me what time you got home. I wish my mama could tell me two of my friends' names. I wish my mama could figure out what time I get out of school. But here your mama know what your schedule is. And you take it as, my mama get on my nerve. You are so deceived. My parents weren't trying to be your friends. So as a leader, everybody's trying to be your friend. You're not going to understand everything. Why we do what we do and say what we say. And this is the thing. When it doesn't come your way, then folk have an issue. And then they start threatening. Huh. Nobody move by your threats. Nobody move by your threats. What they'll do, what they won't do. All these different things. Nobody move by your threats. Because if God be God, which he is. Because if God be God, which he is, his will still going to be fulfilled. Um, let me go on to verse number four. Go on to verse number four before I get in trouble. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. Same instruction. With no explanation, though. Thank God the young prophet has the sermon. Mm. And he said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. The place where they marched around the city seven times and the wall fell down. Jericho, where they saw God move in a miraculous manner. The name Jericho is being interpreted, it's a moon. Meaning it's talking about, or, or, or fragrant. It's a moon or fragrant. But I like moon. Because when you know anything about moon, moon deals with time, month, calendar, time, phases of the moon. He said, listen, you're about to go down here in Jericho. You're about to go through some phases. 
<laughs> and if you know anything about the moon, when the beginning of the month comes in, it's at a full moon. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Oh, they're going to be phasing your life. Well, you're going to be full. But then there comes a point where time shifts a little bit and then the full moon turns into a half moon. And there's going to be a phase in your life where you feel like you're half empty. Yeah, you're not going to talk to me. And then if you let time keep on rolling on, it comes a point where the half moon then turns into a what? A quarter of a moon. Yes, 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 yes. You're going to feel like you got this much strength, this many friends, this much understanding, this much faith, this much loyalty, this much purpose, this much destiny. Oh, God. I got this much help, uh, this much support. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm just out here. Oh, but you got to remember. You got to remember when we went to Gilgad, I told you something was moving. Something was stirring on the inside of you. Then when we got to Bethel, I told you, you got to trust God. Even when you feel like you got just a little bit, you got to stand on what God spoke to you and trust what the word of the Lord has said and know that God is going to bring his word to pass now, 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 now. As time is moving and things are changing and phases are going in and out your life can you be still and know that he is God because there comes a point where you didn't get after that quarter moon you get to that crescent moon that little slither of a moon you barely see a little piece of the moon just a little piece of the moon but tell somebody God is faithful because even when we get to this crescent phase of the moon, just give it 29 days. And guess what? In a matter of 29 days, baby, the moon is about to return back to a full moon. Where I had a little strength after 29 days, guess what? I'm about to go through a phase where I'm about to have all kind of renewed strength. I'm about to go through a phase where I'm about to have all kind of renewed faith. I'm about to go through a phase where I'm about to have a new praise. I'm about to go through a phase where I'm about to have deep worship. I'm about to go through a phase where I trust God. No matter what the enemy tries to do, I trust God. Oh, he's a God that restores. He's a God that redeems. He is a God that is faithful. That's why we call it Emet Elohim. Amen. The faithful and true God. Oh, just give me 29 days. Huh? And I'm going to keep a praise in my mind. Just give me 29 days. Yes, sir. And if I got to fast and pray, but just give me 29 days and watch out, baby. I'm about to back a devil up. Just give me 29 days. And you about to watch some things change in my life. Just like this morning is going through phase. You about to watch my life go in phases and change, baby. Where you thought there was no presence, where you thought there was no spirit, where you thought there was no favor, where you thought there was no grace, where you thought there was no mercy. Oh, just give me 29 days and an opportunity to get before God and you about to watch my life change. Oh, come on, tell somebody, meet me at Jericho. Oh, which signifies time, baby. It's time for you to meet me at Jericho. We already got some things moving. We've already come to the place where we trust God. But now, phases have got to take place. Change has got to take place. He says what? And the sons of the prophet. You got another set of these sons of the prophet at Jericho. But see, guess what he said? They came to Elisha and said unto him, No, was thou that the Lord would take away that master from thy head? And he said, Yeah, I know, but hold your peace. It's nothing like having witnesses. See, they, they, now I'm going to get a little religious on y'all. I'm about to get a little religious on y'all. You just see the glory. I'm getting a little religious on y'all. 
you just see the glory you just see the anointing you just see the favor of God you just see the grace and mercy so all I'm saying is you see the glory but you don't know my story you don't know what I had to go through in order to get this glory you don't know what I had to go through in order to beat this anointed all you know is all you can say is he is anointed she is anointed man they got revelation man they can pray they can cast a devil out they can get a prayer through God hears them God is my brother but you don't know what I had to go through in order to get right here uh, the prophets are talking everybody's got something to say he ain't anointed God not gonna use her uh, guess what they too ignorant they ain't got no degree they ain't got no money they ain't got good education but with all of that God still saw something on the inside and said guess what I'm gonna take him and use him for my glory because guess what he ain't concerned about the degree he ain't concerned about pain he's concerned about making me famous she's concerned about lifting up my name he's concerned about giving me the glory go ahead and talk talk all you like but while you talking i'm gonna follow my leader and i'm as my leader follows christ i'm gonna follow my leader i'm learning how to get close to god i'm learning how to trust god i'm learning how to wait on god because see they don't tell you that they'll tell you trust god believe god but ain't nobody gonna really tell you, you got to wait on god someday so as I follow my leader, one of the things that I'm learning is how to wait on God. He said, hold your peace. He says, what? And Elisha said unto him, Terry, I pray thee, here for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said unto the Lord, living and as thy soul, I will not leave thee. And they two went on. Now we go from Jericho down to Jordan, which means descending or descender, or which flows south. Meaning now, what's been imparted in me, I have now been positioned. Because he has imparted in me, I have been positioned to now impart to other people. You got to understand, all these folk that's talking, you don't know that your master about to be taken to you? I'll just give it a little time. See, you see me at this crescent moon stage of my life. Uh, you just see a little bit about me. I'm not really that recognizable, but you only recognize me because I'm with my leader. Oh, but understand, you the main one's hand. Don't you know your leader's about to be taken from you? But guess what? In a little bit of time, all you got to do is just give it a little bit of time. In 29 days, when things are about to change, you about to call me rabbi. You about to call me teacher because the same school that Elijah started, guess what? I'm not to become your head. Well, you had all these things to say about your leader about to be taken. Guess what? I'm about to replace my leader and become your leader. Now what you got to say? I'm about to give you instruction. I'm about to be the one that pour into you. Now what you got to say when you got to learn from me? He said, I'm on leading. He said, he said, what? And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And the two stood by the Jordan watching. Tell them, go ahead and watch. Because what God is about to do, oh, go ahead and watch because what God is about to do, I don't mind you being an onlooker. 
I don't mind you being a spectator. I don't, I don't mind you watching what God is about to do. All I want to know is when God does what he's about to do for me, will you be able to celebrate with me? Because the Bible says rejoice with those that rejoice. Either you're going to celebrate or guess what? You're going to be who you always were, a hater. But guess what? I still need my haters because guess what? You keep me praying. You keep me trusting God. Matter of fact, I'm praying for you because he said pray. Pray for your enemies that despitefully you give me reason to go talk to God about you. So guess what, hater? I need you. Oh, oh, and we know that all things are working together for the good. So guess what, hater? I need you in my life. It ain't by coincidence that you in my life. I need you to hate on me. I need you to make me feel like it's not going to work. I need you to talk a bunch of trash and a bunch of noise. Guess what? So you can watch my God step up and be God and do great and wonderful, mighty things in my life. They stood by. He says, what? And Elisha took his mantle. He took his mantle. Wrapped it together. I wish I... Now I ain't going to take my jacket. The floor dirty. <laughs> I, I, this is anointed on me, but I ain't no dummy. <laughs> ain't put my jacket on the dirty floor. The devil is alive. So, you know, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this. He said, Elisha took his mantle. He said, and wrapped it together. And standing at the Jordan River... He smoked the river. Y'all don't even understand the significance of that. Because before the children of Israel actually entered into the promised land, they had to cross over the same river. It was around the time when Joshua was leading the people. And guess what? This same river parted like the Red Sea. And they walked over on dry ground. Here we go again. God is about to part some things for us. See, you, you always want things to be multiplied in your life. You always want some addition in your life. But every now and then, God got to do some division and divide something. Separate something. Also, my walk will have to change when he divides something. So I thank God for this division that he's about to bring in my life. God, you know who you got to move. You know who you got to separate. Oh, come on. I thank God. He said, and the waters, what? They were what? Divided. Hither and thither so that the two went over on what? Dry ground. He had to see his leader perform miracles. Verse 9, he says what? And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elisha said unto Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee. See, it comes a point where you get to ask your question. Uh, it comes a point. It comes a time where you get to ask your question. See, all these stops that we made was preparing him for the right question. See, you want to waste your one question. Where are we going? You missed it. What are we about to do? You missed it. Who are we about to meet? You missed it. All this time, I'm giving you extra time to get your question right so that you can ask the right question. Because you are in connection with the right person, you have the right leadership in your life, the right relationship in your life. Guess what? Your thinking has to change. No more thinking small-mindedness. Because see, you would have been asking... What are we going to eat? Oh, that would have been one of my questions. Now, we done had all these stops and we ain't ate. Oh, now, Elijah. Elijah. Now, I understand you the major prophet, but man of God. Man of God. I know you hungry, too. 
Oh, I would have asked, what are we going to eat? Opportunity wasted. And the Bible tells us what? Don't let your belly be your God. And see, most of us, it's our belly or our appetite that has got us in trouble. It's because of what you crave and what you desire. You begin to ask the wrong question. But I'm so glad that the young prophet had discernment. Now I'm not going to waste my opportunity asking about food. I'm not going to waste my opportunity asking about who we're going to meet at the next place. I'm not going to waste my opportunity whether or not I see the next prophet. No, 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 no. He said, ask what I, not God, so he's showing you a prophet has an authority to do certain things. Ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken from you. Elisha pondered on that thing. Mm, let me see. Because uh, see, some of us, uh, I'm tired of being single. Uh, uh, give me a husband. Are you not going to tell it? Because you want somebody to scratch you. Yes, you do. Scratch me and I'll scratch you back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give me a girlfriend. Oh, because guess what? It's about to be cold and you need to be booed up. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm tired of being lonely. I was lonely for the first six months of the year. Oh, no. Something has got to give this next six. No. Things are changing. Things are changing. Man of God. Can you, man of God. Man of God. Can, hey, can you, can, you, can you give me a girl? If it's not a companion, okay, man of God, I got it. Man of God, can you give me a house? Yeah, man of God, give me a house, man of God. See, us black folk. You know what, Elijah, give me a Cadillac. I got to, hey, I got to, I got to roll up on these sons of the prophet in a Cadillac. So they'll know, so they'll know I'm doing it big. Give me a Cadillac. He didn't waste his question on that. After Elisha pondered for a minute, he said, I pray thee that a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Do y'all understand the difficulty of what he's asking? I pray thee let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He's not just talking about anointing, but he's also talking about character. Oh, we got a lot of anointed people in the body of Christ who have no character. The anointing got them into doors, got them places, but guess what? They didn't have no character to remain in that place. So he said, guess what? I don't just need your anointing, but I also need the character to walk as a man of God, to be a man of his integrity, to not speak from the rim of my emotion, to not speak false prophecy. I need to be a man of character. Not just power, but character. See, character not popular in the church anymore. Because as long as you can sing, you can get up here and direct a choir and whore around. As long as you can sing, you understand what I'm saying? As long as you dropping the largest offering in the bucket, guess what? You can whore around with everybody on the motherboard staff. I don't know why you would want to. Jesus Christ. Mm, I don't want to see that, Jesus. Jesus. Lord, you could have let something else come out of my mouth. Why the motherboard? Mm, that image, that's, oh, disgusting. Oh, no, there are some people that want them skilled cougars. Huh? 
I'm just saying, I, I, as a prophet, you see stuff. I saw it. I was like, mm, get out my head. Mm. Let's go to the next scripture, man. Because <laughs> I'm getting out your way, right? He asked him this. And Elijah responded, he said, he said, thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless. You asked a hard thing. But because you took your time to think of this hard request, because you took your time and spoke from your heart, even though it is a hard request, nevertheless, if you see, the requirement is it will happen if you see me. Now, see, think about it. Most of us can't bear seeing someone close to us being taken away. Notice how you be. Bad breaker. You start tearing up all their pictures except that one that you still got in that shoebox in your closet. And every now and then when you struggle, you're like, we, we had some good times. We, we could we could have been at, we could have been the next Will and Jada. No, throw the picture in the trash, man. It's over. They ain't coming back. It's over. Let it go. They have moved on. It is over. Right? So he said, if you see me, you can have what you're asking for. And then you got to think, look what's getting ready to happen. He said, it shall be unto thee, but if not, it shall not be. So if you don't see me, you're not going to have your request. He says, what? And it came to pass as they, they still went on and talked. Talking. No, man. I hope you can see me when I'm gone. I really want you to have it. Because, you know, the leader, he understands what you're going to do. I, I really want you to have it. You know, just having conversation, walking and talking. You know how we do walking and talking. Look at all of this. As they talk, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire. This is spiritual stuff that is taking place. And parted them. Look at that divide again. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. So all of this commotion, <laughs> we know that the young prophet sees. Because evidence is there. He said, I know. Hold your peace. He saw what the other sons of the prophet saw about his leader being taken. And so we know he sees in the realm of the spirit or he sees in the future. We, see, we know this. So with all of this stuff going on, chariot of fire, horses of fire, then a whirlwind, stuff that's not uncommon. This is uncommon stuff. Now, I'm just telling you, had it been me, and we walking, like, yeah, like, I, I really need your spirit, man. I'm going to be all into the conversation. And then something abruptly comes and says, oh, what the? See, we out in this wilderness. At this particular time, lions around. Bears around. I don't know what just came and separated us other than a, a, a horse of fire. Followed by a chariot of fire. So what the point that I'm making is all of this commotion, unusual stuff that is happening right now, but still he had the ability, the discipline. Because walking with his leader, he was teaching him discipline. When you don't want to go. When you don't have a reason to keep going. 
When everything is not working in your favor, keep on walking. When everybody's talking about you, keep on walking. When nobody is supporting you, keep on walking. When it looks like the vision God spoke is dead, keep on walking. When it looks like your faith is not working at all, keep on believing. When it looks like your prayers are not working, keep on praying. When it looks like your praise is small, keep on praising. When it looks like yes, your worship is not, keep on worshiping. He was teaching him discipline going from place to place so that when this happened he wasn't moved he was disciplined enough to meet the requirement because you'll only fulfill the requirement discipline remember I told y'all God told me he said discipline is the absent thing in your life that's stopping you from having everything I said simply put Lincoln if you can discipline yourself the word has happened just like this in your life. But the truth be told, some days it's hard to be disciplined. Like some days it's hard to just look at my wife when you, you God, Lord, why you made all this? Jesus Christ. Oh, y'all women play games. Oh, you see some stuff like that some days. I have to find that lay hands on my mind right now, God. The devil, you a lie. You a lie, devil. So I'm saying some days it's difficult to be disciplined. Y'all know for most of y'all with that roads rate. I ain't, I ain't got no road rate. Mm -mm. I said too many idiots out here. Folks shooting, folk. I, nah, I ain't gonna be that mad. Go ahead and cut me off. Just don't, just don't make my car spin. You can cut me off. I don't mind hitting them brakes. I ain't about to drive up, but next you like. Look at you. No, no, Mr. Mr. Grumman, go on. Go head on. I'm telling you a truth. So and stuff like that. Some days, those, I'm saying, for those of y'all that understand you got road rage, guess what? You're not always disciplined. Christian. You didn't say the cuss word, but you thought about it. That's what the Bible said, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Words are spirit and their life. Let me get out of your way. He says what? 12 says what? And Elisha saw that he cried. My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, I'm the horseman thereof. He's showing you I saw it. My father, my father, in relation to his leader, who was the chariot of Israel, and the horseman thereof. God used this prophet Elisha to carry the nation and pull the nation back to a place of restoration by him rebuking the foul king. That's to everybody that has a problem with rebuke. He was a rebuker of kings. Someone who had more authority than him just speak the word that he could be a dead prophet on the side of the road somewhere. He said, guess what? I answer to the Lord. The Lord puts, he sets up and he takes down. You only there because God lets you be there. Right? He saw all of this, and he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes. He tore his own clothes off. One, because his leader, what he knew was going to happen actually happened in that moment. The straw. Because now I got to do what I was watching my leader do. And in this moment, he begins to question, am I even capable of doing what my leader did? Can I lead in an excellent manner how my leader has led? 
I know I prayed and say, you know, well, give me a double portion of your spirit, but I don't know if your double portion has came upon me yet. So will I have that integrity? Will I have the character to match the anointing that's upon my life? Simply put, I don't want to fail God. He says, well, he took up also the mantle of Elijah, so that his mantle, the prophet's mantle fell to the ground. Struggling. But he actually sees the mantle of his leader and he picks it up. The Bible says that he went back and stood by that same river that they just walked over on dry ground. And look at the words. Go to the next scripture. He says, well, he took the mantle of Elisha that fell from him and smote the waters and said, where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God of I don't know if I have that authority to command natural things to separate for me yet. Where he's able to speak to the elements and things of his nature and command these things to come subject to his prophetic authority. In other words, rising up in his spiritual authority as a prophet and speak to natural things and natural things come subject to him. Because he understood, Elijah understood everything that's in this natural realm is a product of the spiritual realm. It must come subject to my spiritual prophetic voice. Now, I'm going to encourage somebody. Because many of us don't understand the spiritual authority that God has given to us. So some of us are just merely praying in faith. Huh? And I'll give you an example. When, when, when Elijah was on the Mount Carmel, when he was in, in, in war with all these prophets of Baal, he prayed and God quickly responded to him. Then he was praying. It had been 42 months of a drought season. And he had been praying, earnestly praying, earnestly for it to rain. And his servant at the time, he sent him to go look. Go look and see. Go look and see if any water is coming. His servant went seven times, and it's on the seventh time he said, I, I, see a, I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. Why was it that one prayer was answered just like that, then it took him some time? I want to suggest to you, while he was on the mount in front of the other prophets, God responded to him praying in his spiritual authority as a prophet. Or as he was praying for rain, he was praying as an intercessor in faith. And I'm not saying you're supposed to pray in faith. But if we can ever grab hold to there was a spiritual authority that God has given you, you can command things to happen just like that. You can back things up, break things just like that. I'm telling you a truth. I had a conversation with somebody and we was talking about this, right? Little did they know I was going through what I was telling them at the same time in their own life. I was talking to somebody about their child, but they didn't know I was already walking through it myself. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and tell the truth. Both of my two oldest daughters especially my oldest, they was just trying to diagnose her with scoliosis, which there is no cure for. I couldn't be moved when they gave me the report. I heard the report and said, the devil is a lie. I know the word of the Lord is going to be true concerning her life. I didn't get moved, but I, had, I didn't know why God had me fasting. I had been fasting and praying. Trying to change my life. God, I got to get back to a, a regular routine life of fasting and prayer. 
get this rapport. Now, it's natural for a parent to feel emotional and feel distraught when you hear something like this about your child. Like, oh, my God, not my baby. That's what I would have did. But as soon as I heard it, I was like, the devil is alive. Oh, no, the word of the Lord shall be so. I took it to prayer. I said, God, as your prophet, God, mm-mm, as your prophet and as your son, God, I lift up my baby, God, the one that I gave you when she was first born. I lift her up, God, and I remind you of what you said about her life, God. She will not be bound by the spirit of infirmity and disease. The devil is a full-blown lie. And it wasn't a matter of days, probably about four days later, where we took her to the orthopedic doctor who would determine whether or not she would need surgery or need all kind of braces on her back and stuff. She's going to be fine. His word, she going to be fine. It ain't going to hinder her from playing no type of sports. None of that stuff. And you know what I did? I said, God, this is why you are worthy of your name. He's worthy of his name because he's the God that healed thee. I said, but God, I'm satisfied. This 20% courage that they talk about she got, God. No, I ain't going to be satisfied till you straighten it all the way up, God. That's what I told God. So as I'm talking to her, I wasn't telling them nothing that I didn't, I wasn't living myself. But too many times we get caught up on what's being said to us and you'll miss the instruction or miss the lesson what God is trying to get you to understand. Because baby, you get better to walk through something and God is trying to prepare you before that thing actually hits your life. See, I would have been calling apostle, apostle, man, you got to pray for me, man. You got to pray for me. Do what they say about my baby. I could have slammed fool with it. The same one I'm talking about when, when she had a little, a little hernia in her belly button. I was like, man, my baby belly, man, my baby. Her belly poking out. They was like, this could be fixed, man. I didn't know. I was like, man, my baby, my baby ain't better with no bathing suit, no two-piece, no the devil is alive. I was acting a slam fool. I was so emotional about my baby. The Lord said, lay your hands and pray. Lay my hands and pray. Now, granted, they did a little surgery on her. But lay my hands and pray. And, baby, where the little muscle was pushing out of her, it closed up. The doctor had a small little where he had to finish. But my prayer started. He just had to finish what I, 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 I didn't finish all the way. I said, okay, God, you've been showing me through the life of my baby. But my oldest one, oh, the devil been after her since she been born. I said, but you won't have her. And, I'm, and I was telling folks because we got this prophetic word from our apostle. How the enemy, the enemy spoke to him and said, you and the other parents got away, but your children won't get away. As soon as he released, I said, oh, the devil, you a fat, juicy, bald head lie. If my baby's not going to get away. If I got to get thin as a rail, drop down to 30 pounds from fasting and praying, my, baby is, my babies will be who God say they're supposed to be. Oh, I'm desperate for my children to be who God said. So as you know, you know the story. He got that mantle, spoke it, where was the God of Elijah, and the waters parted. He began to operate in the anointing of his leader. 
He knew God based upon how his leader knew God. That's why he said, where's the God of Elijah? Now he's going to go back and have to revisit all these places, especially Bethel, the house of God. I taught you to know me for myself. It's going to have to be by your faith and not the faith of your leader. No, your faith is going to have to pull this in. It's going to have to be your prayer. I'm not saying you can't ask them to pray with you, but it is going to be by your prayer. I want to hear you pray. I want to see your faith. And so as you know, he then became the leader of the schools of the prophet. And he was then established as one of the great prophets. So I wanted to give you a different look at the anatomy of bondness of that being tied or bound to a leader. It is a must that you have the right relationships in your life. It is a must that you have the right connections in your life. Because as we say, it is relationships, ship on the end of this relation, what we have in common. The right relationship will take you to great places. The right relationship will help you change your perspective about things and about people and about the will of God, the things of God. When you are in right relationship and have the right connections. So, I want to encourage you. Make sure you're tied to the right people in your life. Amen? Because if not, guess what? Ships have a means of taking you to destinations. Elaborate destinations. Guess what? A ship can take you to a destructive destination. You know Because some relationships that you was in, Ray Ray. Look how Ray Ray drug you. Now you're struggling with your self-esteem. just telling you a truth so make sure that you have the right relationships the right connections in your life amen come on put your hands together for the word of jesus name amen